0: Welcome to 20% Time, a podcast from the team at Titan, a web development consultancy that specializes in Laravel, Vue, React, Livewire, all kinds of stuff. My name is Dave Hicking, and as always, I'm here with my amazing co-host, Susanna. How are you doing today, Susanna?
1: I'm doing great. Uh, how are you doing? We need to switch it up. I mean, we always had the same up. question and well, I said the same answer. I need to think of something else to well, say. Well, <laughs> I don't
0: want you to say that you're doing poorly. You know, I, no, I mean, you could. No, you, you could always feel free. But, you know, I'm, it's, I'm glad oh, to hear that sucks, you're
1: doing well. it sucks, man. It sucks today. No, it doesn't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no, uh, it's so a, next time
1: I'll prepare something else. But it's good. I'm good. Thank you. How I'm glad,
0: are you? I'm good. I, I'm good. It's Friday, uh, which it typically is when we record 20% time because that's our 20% day at Titan. And I'm excited because today we are joined by another one of our amazing programmers at Titan, Sean Jones. Sean, how are you?
2: Pretty good, pretty good, pretty good.
0: Sean, this is your—is this your first time on the podcast? I think it is.
2: Yeah, first time ever wow. on Twenty Percent Time podcast. Yep.
0: Well, I'm glad. I'm glad we're. I'm glad we're finally uh, fixing that mistake. Uh, we've got <laughs> you, uh, Sean. We've got you on today because we want to talk about. Uh, I think a topic that's kind of near and dear to your heart. Uh, for Absolutely. some of the things that you've been involved with uh, inside Titan, but also outside of Titan, and that's uh, mentoring, specifically kind of mentoring uh, other programmers. Yes. Um, so, yeah, Zuzana, I think you have a question that you want to start with.
1: I, well, it's it kind of, you know, this podcast is about all about mentoring devs. My question is, how did you get started with mentoring? Is it something you've always wanted to do, or is it just something that happened to you? So. I think it's I think it's
2: something that kind of happened to me. So in order for me to get deep into my mentoring game, it, it would have had to come all the way back to um, I would say my military experience. So a lot of folks know that I'm a I'm a veteran, um, and I was I served from 02 to 07, uh, and I did a couple tours. And I think it kind of initially started there, where um, you were just kind of put in situations and. folks who could handle stress kind of like assisted other folks who couldn't handle stress. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I think that's the, some of the things that I had admired. So like, of course you have that initial, uh, sort of upbringing throughout your basic training and your advanced individual training and even in your airborne school, right. There's certain periods during your training where you, um, could fall, like basically have sort of like a mental breakdown or someone else could sort of experience that. And we were always kind of taught to kind of like move as a unit. And that's something that I've always uh, loved during those times. So Mm -hmm. even in um, when you're out of those training uh, situations and you're into like regular, uh, we call it regular army back then. So like you're just nine to five army, you're going to your job every day. There would be these instances where uh, you'd have higher ups there would be staff sergeants, Sergeant First Class, and they'd have to mentor the younger soldiers, kind of keep them in line, Mm -hmm. keep them in check. And it's how you did it, right? And usually the the folks who I admired the most are the folks who didn't tell you what to do, but Mm -hmm. they stood next to you and they showed you what to do and Mm -hmm. they did it themselves, right? So there was, um, for example, there's this guy, I mean, I've been out of the Army since 2007. Um, That's that's like 14 some odd years. I still remember this man's name. His name is Sergeant Dory. Okay. Like from 2004. The reason why I remember his name so much was because two things. He'd always call you hero. He's like, what's up hero? Like he'd always address you like that. Right. Aww. It was, it was beautiful. And then another thing would be is if he ever had to correct you, he would never just reprimand you. And that be it. He would literally say, Hey, you got to correct this. And if you didn't correct it, he'd give you a second warning. And if he didn't correct it, then he would make an extreme sort of situation where like, hey, all right, look, every morning at 6.30, we're gonna do this thing together. And so like one of the examples was, there was this guy who showed up to the unit, and this is back in like o three o four. I say 03. Mm-hmm. And back then, You had to have a clean press uniform, right? And you had to shine your boots. They don't do that now, but back then you had to. So you had to show up to the, you had to show up to the, uh, every morning, or I think at least on Monday mornings, you had to be clean pressed, ready to go to work because you had to Mm -hmm. be professionally presentable. And this dude did not, he's like, why am I doing this for a utility uniform? Doesn't make any sense. So, uh, and of course, Sergeant Dory would come up real. hey, fam, your, your boots ain't shine, your uniform's not pressed, like, you need to get on it, you need to present yourself in a professional way, you're a soldier, da-da-da. Guy was not listening. And he's like, okay, fine. And he's like, every morning, from here on out, after PT, because we wake up at 6.30 in the morning to do physical training for an hour. He's like, after PT, I'm going to bring my uniform up to the barracks. And I'm going to bring my boots up. We're going to meet underneath the tree. And every morning we're going to press our uniform, like iron it. And we're going to shine our boots underneath the tree. And the, and no, no lie, <laughs> he <sighs> would. this Sergeant Dory, who is a family man who had three, like he's got three kids. He's got a wife. Usually they would, after PT, they would leave and they would go home. He'd have breakfast with his kids and wife. And then he'd come back and be ready to start work at nine. He brought his uniform and his boots in the car. So that way, after PT, they could go take a shower and then they would underneath the tree every morning at 730, shining their boots together, pressing their uniform together just so this guy can get right right? They did it for like two months. Like, you know, so it's just one of those things where like, all right, I'm never going to forget that sort of leadership. It's just by leading Mm -hmm. by example and just by being present. A lot of folks don't realize they think like, hey, if I give you all the tools to be successful, then, uh, you know, you'll be successful. And that's not true. A lot of the times it's you're showing up and you're being present. And that matters a lot more to people than what you think. Right. And Mm -hmm. just by doing the thing next to them. So I think with that i've always admired that and in the case of any job i've had since then not even titan but like before that i think there was uh when i was working for a telecom company and i eventually became a manager and i had to and we were installing satellites and i had to go and assist other folks on how to do certain jobs i wouldn't just tell them what to do i would be getting up on the ladder and climbing up it's like hey this Mm -hmm. is how we do it this is how we route the cables this is how we this is where you want to drill into the home this is where you want to do certain things like that it's it's a matter of just and, and you know, if there's a late job, it's like, Hey, well, I'm not going to go home. If you're not home with your family, I'm not going to mm-hmm. be home with my family. I'm going to stay with you until we get this job knocked out. Then we're going to go home together. It's like that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. And so it's just the idea of just making sure that people don't feel like they're alone tackling a situation or a problem and helping them get through it. It could be something as small as, uh, learning a small thing at the job. Like, Hey, I don't know how to do this loop correctly or work with collections mm. or whatever or it could be something as big as like i feel like i'm siloed and and you know i need a buddy yeah. right and so it, it can manifest into different things and it's just the, the key thing i always love this just being present and being available
1: i've got to ask this guy did he end up shining his shoes I can't remember the
2: dude. I think he did. I think after I think I think after a while he kind of got the the gist of it. And he's like, yeah, you know what? Like, I think he took a little bit more uh, presentation, like a little bit more uh, pride in his presentation, sort of speaking. So I think he from there on because like it, it went on for at least two or three months. And then I think after that he got the he got the memo and he started doing okay. things by himself. And so, but yeah, and Sergeant Dory was always doing that. He was always leading by example. And that's one of the things I always loved about him.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. It's really interesting because like, I think sometimes people associate that kind of mentorship or, you know, that kind of almost like not quite an apprenticeship, but you know, that kind of like really training up like the people who you're trying to help out people who, you know, you're trying to set an example. I don't know if people always associate that with the world of web development, right? Like I, 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 it's, it's, it's interesting that that kind of like, that's the background that you're, that's sort of like where you're coming from. That's what you're bringing to the table. And, you know, you you've done mentorship like you said at other places, but um I know that outside of web development well not outside of web development but outside of like your jobs, you've done work with launch code, right? Which yes. is this nonprofit that helps people code and hopefully like get a job. How did you get to launch code and and like how does that all work?
2: Okay. Well I mean this is a crazy story. So I'm good.
0: We like stories,
2: man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so this, so uh, rewind to 2011. Um, I'm, I'm finishing up film school, right? So I did audio in film and that was like my initial passion. And I meet this woman who ends up being my wife today, but we meet, uh through facebook apparently through a mutual friend and uh it was one of those things where she could joke and, and witty and i can keep up too and i was like oh i'm kind of like who is this person and i looked up to see where they were from and it said st louis and i was like nah right and i was like i'm not going there i'm in la i'm trying to <laughs> pursue this career like that's in it and then you know my friend ends up playing cupid he ends up getting us you know linked up and everything and i eventually end up like oh yeah you know what I'm just going to move to St. Louis. We're going to make this thing happen. So I end up moving to St. Louis and there's no film industry here, no audio industry here. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I had to kind of start over and I started doing random odd jobs again. And two years after that is when there is an ad in the paper for this thing. It's like, hey, if you want to start a new career and learn programming, uh, LaunchCode is basically teaching programming for free, right? So I'm like, okay, cool. And I literally leave work in my uniform, go down to the downtown, Uh, I think they met up at the Peabody Opera House at the time. There's a thousand people of varying ages and they don't even know how this program's gonna work. They basically took the curriculum of CS50, which you can find online at at Mm edx.org. And they sort of took that in it's like, hey, we're gonna use this and we're gonna build pods and we're all gonna learn together and teach you the basics of programming. We're gonna teach you C and then virtually with Ultimately with teaching UC, you can pick up like PHP, JavaScript, and you can learn yourself. Mm-hmm. And so I do this program. Um, I finish it up maybe five or six months and I actually get placed. They actually place me in like a, a couple jobs and I end up pl- placing myself in one that I stay at for a good year. And I was so happy about that placement because Full Sail, when they take you in, they're like, hey, we're gonna place you at a job, right? We're going to we're going to place yeah. you at an audio engineering job. And that didn't really happen because, you know, they can't they can't basically have a good outlook on different cities and things of that nature. They're only in Orlando. And I'm like in a city that's not Orlando. It's not a major city. So the yeah. outlook for placement in St. Louis, of all places, is not that great, especially with the connections. Right. So that's not working for me. Los Angeles sort of Los Angeles Film School had a similar program. Like, Hey, once you complete this, we're going to place you. Uh, we'll we'll keep you in a loop and place you in potential job opportunities, that never happened because I had to leave Los Angeles, mm-hmm. right? So this is the first program that placed me, not once, but twice. They placed me at two different places to work after finishing their curriculum. And I was so moved by that, that I was like, oh wow, this place is actually doing like legit things that like, I wanna come back and help. So after 2014, I think I completed the program there. I get placed for a couple times, 2016, I come back and I start working as a TA. Uh, which mm. is a teaching assistant. Back then, I think they called it a TF, like a teaching fellow. But essentially, they just uh, kind of like, they get a small group of folks because uh, like usually the class is a size of maybe 200. And so, whoa, yeah, they would, they would it's huge. But like every year <sighs> they get an application group of probably 15 to 1800 people. They have to whittle it down to about 200, 250 folks. And then mm. out of that 250 folks, there's a main instructor. And then depending on the size of the class, there'll be X amount of number of TFs because they want every teaching fellow or teaching assistant to have 10 to 13 people. So mm-hmm. the instructor would teach, uh, in front of the class every day. And then, um, for like an hour. And then we would break off into these pod sessions where we would learn with our individual groups for about an hour and a half. And then we would basically, uh, coalesce back to the main group at the end to finish and, and exercise their assignment. And during that process, um, There's a lot of negative speak, right? There's a lot of because as developers we're working on things and we're like, oh, I don't know this tech or I don't know this or you know we kind of get thrown into the situations where we're not comfortable. Well, imagine um, you know you're 38 and you're starting your career over again, right? And you're learning after work and you've got three kids and you've got these situations where like you don't have, you know, you're you're constantly thinking about your finances and you're constantly thinking about, hey, is this program the right choice for me right now at this moment, right? So you're battling that, then you're battling, hey, the 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 technical aspect of learning, right? Mm. On top of that. And then you're trying to also battle like maybe the cultural fit. Hey, th- am I really gonna fit into these new companies that I'm going to, right? Just so much of that. So that's when I realized during that teaching, uh, during assisting with that, I was like, okay, yeah, it's not about the technical piece of this. It's mm-hmm. about everything else, because to be honest, people were understanding the logical aspect of it, but they were counting themselves out before they even finished the course. So the, like launch code would bring in about 250 people. and Unfortunately around every class we graduated around hundred, 130 folks because folks just dropped out of a free class because they counted mm-hmm. themselves out from something, you know? Yeah. And so I, I remember, didn't, I realized at that point, I was like, I remember those times where I've got three kids. I don't have a job because at the time when I was learning launch code, I was, I wasn't employed. And, uh, you know, I'm learning after I'm I'm laying my kids down to go to sleep and I'm learning from like, you know, 10 to two in the morning or something like that. And then I'm trying to get back up and take care of them. So I wanted to share my experiences with them to sort of reaffirm like, Hey, look, I can do it. You can do it. It's possible. Hey, I fit in here. It's possible. Um, you know, that sort of thing and just mentor them in that way. Like, and give them a difference of, men, give them like a difference mentorship. Because I think a lot of folks too, uh, traditional folks, they teach in like a, like a college style where it's like, mm-hmm. I give you a problem, go figure out how to do it, right? And one of my favorite teachers, um, I can't remember his name, but he was a high school math st- uh, teacher. And if, I think he taught me like algebra, algebra one. He would just tell you the answer. <laughs> and I loved it. He would just be like, hey, yeah, you know, you just do this. You do the two times three over this and you distribute it to X and da, 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 da. And he would just walk you through and give you the the answer. And yeah. I was like, that's wonderful because it allowed my brain to eventually connect the dots and how to do the process. So that's how I taught because that's, I realized that's how a lot of people, that's what they needed. They didn't, yeah. they, they would just run into a wall and they would get stuck. And they were, and then they would try to go to their TF or TA, and the and they were the TA was kind of being like, "Well, you know, you got this. You just you are you got all these pieces. Just go figure it out." And they would step away.
1: Oh yeah. And
2: you would just look at the person's face after that, and they would feel like, "I don't belong here," mm-hmm. be like I'm not getting it. Negative speak, <laughs> and so you know, it's just like it's, it was just happening. And then I would come over and be like. I would explain them the why, and then I would walk through, through th- walk them through their problem, right, and then yeah. we would answer their problem together, and then we might even answer the next two together, yeah. And then I'm like, all right, cool. I think you got it now. Come and get me if you got any more questions, and don't be afraid to ask questions, right. And so, I think the need of having to, I think when, once I realized that I had sort of the skill set. From the military, from prior things, from yeah. you know, teach, other mm. teachers, and realizing that they needed this as well, and like they needed this particular type of style of teaching, I think that's where I just sort of started implementing it and started using it in everything at that point. Yeah, you know, I can so.
1: definitely relate. Like so many times, I had problem, and people say, "Okay, you go and Google it," but if you don't know. What to Google, Google is right. really hard. Although if you don't know what the problem is. So, so if you read the code, just keep reading the code, you'll get it eventually. But how? How are you exactly. supposed to get it if you don't understand? And it frustrates me to no end. Like, this is not the way I work. I can't. And I don't learn this way. And it's really hard to find somebody who, who is willing to give you the answer without, without feeling like they're cheating or you're not trying hard enough. Like, But I can definitely, yeah, so resonate with that. It's like a flashbulb yeah. one in my mind. I was like, oh, that's <laughs> what I need. That's why I struggle. <laughs> and so but people, how do you... Yeah, go on, sorry. Oh, no, it's just like a lot of people think, they think
2: by not giving the answer, they're, they're helping the person out. And there's, a, there's an argument for that, for sure. Right, because you're also mm-hmm. teaching yeah. resourcefulness. But um, if you can't get them past the initial idea of mm-hmm. being resourceful, then they'll never attempt in the first place at all. They'll just, they'll yeah. just never do it. Right. So
0: it, it's that tricky line. Right. I mean, because it's I mean, you don't want to you don't want to just give people you have to like kind of like build them up, but also like keep them going. You know what I exactly. mean? Exactly. Um, I mean, I, I suspect that's behind what makes good teachers, good teachers. Right. And mentoring is not just teaching, but there is some teaching to it. Right.
2: Yeah. I would say like with Launch Code, I kind of say I, I'm not I'm not teaching you. This subject, I'm teaching you how to learn.
0: Right, right, right. Mm-hmm.
2: You yeah. know, so I think in that situation, it's it's kind of like, and I uh, like anytime I was instructing the class, like, hey, look, I'm not teaching you Java, I'm not teaching you JavaScript, I'm teaching you how to learn it. So then that way you can go off and go learn something else, right? Yeah. I'm teaching you how to look at the problem, and I think I think you could still do that and kind of give them the roadmap to kind of give them a start. They'll develop the other things as they need it, but they need the launch pad first of how to do it because you got to think about it. They, a lot of folks don't get it too. Like, uh, with launch code, you're in taking folks who are like my age, like I'm 38, right? You're, you're taking folks between that, maybe even early thirties all the way up into their sixties. And the crazy thing is, is that we came from a different time of learning where it wasn't, um, sort of like, a what do they call it? creative core or common core where like you have to figure out the answer. Like you, mm-hmm. we just learned off of memory. <laughs> you just told yeah. us what to do and we executed and that was done. And so I think in that situation for those folks, I think we kind of have to lean into that style of teaching just for a little bit. Then they'll mm-hmm. figure out the job they'll do everything else because they're brilliant minded people. Right. It's just that, Hey, I gotta, you have to sort of mold and wrap your, your brain around how they learn so they can get the, the, uh, the gist of it. And it's, again, that leads back to the military. If you're in the basic training and they're mm-hmm. teaching you something, something as simple as, hey, this is how you position and hold a rifle. They don't teach you one way. They teach you three ways. They teach mm-hmm. you, they literally explain the entire thing from front to back. Yeah. Then they, right after that, they say by the numbers where they teach you in steps, and then they give you uh, time to actually do it yourself, like perform it, and they'll give you corrections. They did that for every piece of instruction during basic training. There's never one time where they're like, hey, this is it, now you know it. They're like, no, they literally did those three ways just so if your brain didn't catch the straight up instruction, it might've caught it on the step-by-step. And if it didn't catch it on the step-by-step, it probably caught it when you were um, doing the actual full-blown demonstration, right? And if by then, if you didn't get it, now they're asking like, what's wrong with you? I taught it to you three ways. <laughs> Right. <laughs> they're probably yelling at you. What's like, What's wrong with you? <laughs> What's wrong with you? I taught you three ways already. So you should have this by now. So and I think we have to do that for folks when we're mentoring them. It's like they're not going to get it just because we explained it to them. They're not going to get it just because we we gave it to them the way that how we learned. We have to understand mm. that they're they're probably learning different, coming from a different place. And so if it's giving them the answer to eventually have them figure out how to develop it themselves in the future. Awesome. If it's giving them space so that then they can. Cultivate it themselves. That's awesome, too. It's another great tool, right? It's just a matter yeah. of who the person is and what they need.
1: Well, this is so uh, do you still work with LaunchCode or have you moved on? Or How do you find people to mentor or how do they find you?
2: Uh, well, um, anybody who leaves LaunchCode, I always give them my contact information via LinkedIn mm. so they can always come back to me and talk to me, especially like after the learning aspect. It's like the career stuff. Right. So because uh,
1: learning doesn't stop once you finish a course that, that's exactly. just the beginning that's just the beginning
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so like it doesn't yeah. like i mean you got to learn how to navigate how long should i stay at a job is this job right for me uh, cultural yeah. stuff what do i really want to do right what do i really want to focus on like yeah. do i want to because maybe a lot of the times in that program you're taught back uh, back in and front end do i want to solely focus on front end versus back end do i still mm-hmm. want to be both um you know that sort of thing do i even want to be in this? language at all. Do I want to switch languages? How do I do that? Right. So, um, a lot of the times it's having those conversations, um, with, uh, with, uh, with, with recent graduates. Other times it's, I still teach when I can. I don't think I've taught since 2021 just because of just weird stuff that was popping up there. But, um, with the new building that's, that they recently erected, I'm hoping to go back and teach maybe at the start of the year and, mm-hmm. and do another, you know, six month instructional class. Um, but yeah, I think that's generally the case. And just being available, I think it's like, usually I've always made myself available to answer questions and to, you know, have those conversations with folks during the course as well as outside of the course. And usually a lot of the times the questions are like, all right, so what is this really? <laughs> They're like, you know, like, what is this? What is this tech world really? Like, you know, should I do this? Should I not do this? And, um, and a lot of the times it's, you know, I'm just making sure that they listen to themselves because yeah. we're coming from folks who, we've gotten so used to try to be valuable for the employer, right? That mm-hmm. we don't listen to ourselves. And so mm-hmm. I encourage them like, Hey, if you don't like the job fam, just, just say you don't like it and move on. Right. Or if you need more money, you just need more money. Just, just say mm-hmm. what you need and that be it. So.
0: It, it's hard. Right. Because if you're, if you're coming from either, like you grew up this way or maybe your experiences so far as an adult, if you're coming from an environment where, you know, you haven't had good steady jobs and you finally get that one that's paying you a certain amount. Like you, you think you, you get the, to that kind of like scarcity mindset where you're like, exactly, this is the, I can't, Oh, you know, maybe they're not treating me well, but I'm making twice as much as I've ever made before. And it's hard to, to get out of that, you know?
2: Exactly. hundred percent. And that's, that's everybody that's going into that program, yeah. unfortunately, you know? So, I mean, they, And that was me dude i was so appreciative when i was making double i was like what i'm making you know i'm making double." word like this is great and then like and then you you realize like you know i I value maybe i might value this or value that more than money but for me it's always a it's always a culture thing i think i've reached a certain age now where like it's not i i'm only making money to give it to the kids because they're going (laughs) to steal it from me anyway Right, yeah. like they need the Roblox, they need the fancy toys, they need the house. You know, me, it's like if I could live a simple life, I would absolutely live a simple life. But they need the money, so I go get the monies. Right, uh, but it's it's one of those things where um. I value personally I value like the, a culture of a place right yeah. so that that's that's where I'm at now and so usually when I'm speaking on tightening like oh yeah this is what I got at work and so on and so forth they're always like oh really and their eyes light up too because we're all coming from those places where like there's just no culture there right like service mm-hmm. industry type type stuff type places um and you know they're like Word? you you don't have to do this I'm like yeah like this is great like this is great so I think ultimately like they're coming from like, yo, it is what it is with money, but I would rather have a place where like, I can just be comfortable at working, you know, and not just out of 10. That's what they're doing. Like the money's initially the priority that once it steps away, it's like, all right, cool. Well, I don't really feel comfortable here or I don't have this. And I'm like, all right, well then then switch it up, you know, don't be afraid to switch it up. You're valuable now in this sense. So, you know, you can move forward like this, you know, and if you need anything, Mm -hmm. let me know. I'll, reach out to folks and see if there's some out there for you, so.
1: Yeah, I think people need to be told quite a few times that you, you know, you are valuable now. Like, not that they weren't before, but I think especially for people who changed career later on in life, there's <laughs> a lot of baggage that comes with that. Like, all jobs, all experiences, and then you decide to just start over again, halfway, you know, through your life with kids and responsibilities. And it's hard to not be too humble. You want, You need to be humble, but not too much. Like You don't want to be like, oh, thank you so much for this job and I'm never going to leave because like I'm so grateful I got this job. You need to eventually believe that you are worth it now mm-hmm. and you can move on and you can look after yourself. It's not, you don't just have to be so thankful for other people giving you stuff because now you earned it.
2: Exactly. Yeah, I think it's I I remember feeling that way when I when I lost my job and I wasn't working for four months and then when I finally got the new job like you you just have that comparison in your mind of like what life was with no money mm-hmm. <laughs> or like you living yeah. on uh, some sort of federal benefit for a bit and then now you can actually you know sustain yourself and like you just your brain is like i don't ever want to go back there again so i'll yeah. do whatever you got want me to do to make sure i don't ever fall back down to that place and so uh yeah i can completely see it and, and, it, and it's kind of the crazy thing of like you do feel less valuable because of that right mm-hmm. and so you'll talk yourself out of a good thing most of the time um yeah and the funny thing was it was it was happening with my wife unfortunately like she worked at the university. For a long mm-hmm. time as a research coordinator she had several jobs over there she'd been there for like 10 years and you know the pay for research coordination is not that great because it's nonprofit work most of the time it's grant money right and but like if you were to switch to the for-profit sector which doing the same thing you make double but she was mm-hmm. afraid to leave that situation just because you know it's like i do this type of research not this type of research so i don't know if it's going to transfer correctly she, she wouldn't even put in the applications like she wouldn't even apply half the time and Mm -hmm. i'm just like fam just go for it like it's no big deal like you know you you got it like you've been doing you know above and beyond for years so this transition should be nothing for you and she i think it took her several years to like finally get in the mindset like yeah i've got this value and i'm going to be able to go do it and so we all experienced that and it's an it's a crazy crazy thing um to come across to have so much value and then not see it in yourself
1: Mm -hmm.
0: can you talk a bit about sort of the two sides of like a, what you think a successful mentorship relationship is like, right? Cause it's, it's the mentor, but it's also the mentee, right? You have to be, <clears throat> you not only need somebody who's not just willing to be a mentor, but knows how to be a good mentor, but also you need somebody who's presumably willing to be mentored,
2: right? <laughs> That's true. Um, I think a good, a good relationship is um, just like any other relationship partnership in your life, right? Usually it's 50, 50. You know, yeah. so like whether that's, you know, um, a marriage relationship or friendship, a mentorship, menteeship, I think is very, very similar. And like there's a give and get from both sides um, sort of situation. Um, so a lot of the times and the give back to them, to the mentor is you're performing the action that the the mentor told you to do. Right? <laughs> so yeah. a lot of the times is the like, hey, if it's like you come to them and they say hey, I'm looking for a new job or I'm looking for this new switch and I don't know what to do, da, da, da. And the mentor's like, hey, well, you know, there's this thing happening over here. You could go do this. You can do ABC. And the mentee's like, I don't think it's going to work for me. Well, then it kind of ends there. (laughs) You know, like, so it's one of those things where like, I can't really give you anything else to go off of or leave off, lead off of, lead with, if you don't want to exercise it, right? Um, So it's just one of those things where, I think that's the that's the biggest thing there where um, I kind of tell myself this a lot because I do this is like I can't own it more than you. So if if this is your career, this is your path, you have to be in 100 percent. Right. All I have to do is 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 show up for you and I'm going to be in 100 percent, too. It's it's like I'm going to match whatever energy you you give. Right. Mm -hmm. But if I give you energy and you don't use it, then I can't really give you anything else because you're not you're not implementing it. So I think a good relationship is a person who's willing to listen to the um, advice and implement the advice. And, mm-hmm. and then for the men, the mentors just kind of like be available to like, Hey, if this thing doesn't work and we need to go a different direction, then, you know, you maneuver and go that different direction. You help them out in that different way. If that person said, Hey, this isn't working for me. You know, the mentor doesn't just throw up their hands and go, Oh, okay, well, that's all bye. i got yeah bye it's like all right well you know let's let's sit down let's discuss it let's talk about it right let's 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 walk through it and then in that situation you know yeah the mentor's probably going to run up into something where like i have zero resources for this but maybe i've got friends that are in that area that can help you out right mm-hmm. and i can keep yeah. in contact and touch and, and work on that side and you know but still the mentee has to go and do those things for themselves right they have to go and assist and say all right cool, they told me to apply here. I'm gonna apply here, or I gotta apply to three places a day. Got it. All right, cool. I gotta do this training for myself. got it. Um, I gotta uh, do these things and maybe follow up here. Okay, that's great. you know they mm. they they have to kind of like follow through with the word. um and I think it's that as well as it also needs to be some word of a friendship as well. I think yeah. I think when you're mentoring somebody, I think you like you gotta also kind of be like a decent friend, right? Like just talk about things that are not work. Or talk about, you know, just because you can build mm-hmm. that sort of bond. Cause like, I think that also motivates the person to be like, oh, you know what? This is my, this is a close friend of mine. I, won't, I don't want to let them down, sort of speaking. They're, they're helping me out. So let me, let me do that too. Um, and if uh, I think if you don't, I think that's a good look
1: what their relationship's going to be. Right. So. So let's say you find, you've got a good version, so you've got a men- mentee, mentor. How do you evaluate their growth then? So how do, is there something specific you, you look out for as they progress through, I don't the learning of whatever it is they're learning? Is it like the attitude, the speed that they learn, kind of questions they ask, what do you look out for? Uh,
2: crazy thing is, is I don't really evaluate their growth too much. This is gonna sound okay. nuts, right? So the reason why I don't evaluate their growth is because I myself as a person who I'm growing in different ways, I'm not necessarily growing in a technical way every day. Mm -hmm. Like for example, I'm pretty technical. I, I think I know my job pretty well and I think I'm growing in that direction, but I don't think I was doing that day after day, week after week. I think I hit plateaus there and it pauses. And then as I get thrown something new, I think that's when I grow. Mm -hmm. So my growth in that one particular category probably won't change for six, seven, eight months, right? I might be, but I might be doing the job fine, but I was growing by assisting other folks and helping them in that light, right? I was growing Mm -hmm. by, you know, maybe dividing up tasks and doing things that way, right? Um, So I think with mentees, I think when you're guiding them, I think the only way I evaluate is how they look at the situation, like if they're able to look at the situation with a little bit more confidence, I feel like I can assess that they're growing there. Yeah. If they're able to look at, um, if they're more comfortable with jumping in head first, because a lot of times they're skittish, mm-hmm. right? So if they're able to jump in head first in a situation that they're not very familiar with, I think there's growth there in that. Um, and if not, I think that's what I'm going to fix first because I think, attitude
1: you, yeah, I think the right, attitude yeah.
2: is there. So I think it's like, all right, cool. If, if you're not positive thinking about yourself, Then I'm going to ask you why. And then I'm going to reassure you that, no, you have it. Right. And then from there, unknowingly, that's the fire starter for you to like jump and do all the things. Right. So in the technical aspect of it, if you have it, you if you don't have it, you're going to get it. Right. Because there's only certain folks who want to do this type of work. So, you know, like problem solving a daily and, and, and you know, learn new tools on a daily. So the minute you say you want to be a programmer or you want to be in this field, I don't like try to be like, hey, do you have it or don't have it? I never look at it like that. I kind of like am like uh, the cook and like Ratatouille. I'm like, everybody can cook, <laughs> you know, I'm like, well, everybody can code. Right. So I think you got it. And my mentorship is more so in the lines of, I'm gonna make sure that you feel confident that you got it. And anything that's a technical piece that you're missing, we're gonna make sure that you have that. Cause again, it's like, once you do it once, you kind of understand it, you yeah. can replicate it. And then it's gonna be up to you again, to take that responsibility and to say, you know what? I don't understand this the way I want to, uh, let me dive into it a little bit more and figure it out for myself, right? That's gonna, that's on every individual to do. So my my idea is just my uh, view of the mentorship is just to make sure that you feel confident Doing it, and if you don't, why? And mm-hmm. let's fix that. And so, as long as you are growing in that area, I think that's probably the only measuring piece of growth that I'm like yeah. that's like alerting to me that I that I'm evaluating and that I'm fixing, that I'm addressing.
1: I quite yeah. I think again, when you say that, you know, you got it. Like, how do you know that I have it? You know, because often people say, "I know you can do it." You know, you can do, it, but how do you know? How do you know I can? How do you know I'm? good enough, clever enough, you know, that I, how do you know I can code? Because you don't know. If I don't know, how do you know? How would you, what would you say to that? Because I personally struggle with, like, how do I know I've got it?
2: I would say the minute that you don't give up, right? Like okay. the minute you don't have a mental breakdown on something, right? <laughs> but like, and, 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 and that's because like, tell me one developer who went into a, a technical piece and they knew every bit of it. Like we get clients that Titan all the time, like we don't know every bit of it. We have to, mm-hmm. we have to pause and maybe devise a plan, a solution, and then look it up and make sure that's the path to go before we do it. Like very rare are we in situations where we're like, oh yeah, I know everything from A to Z, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to map out everything from A to Z. We're problem solvers in the moment, sort of speak, right? So um, I don't expect any particular developer to be like, I think it's normal, actually. I think it's very normal for you as, a, as an individual to, and as a developer to say, oh my God, I don't know. And mm-hmm. how am I going to figure this out? The fact that you're asking those questions, perfect. That's why I, I, that's the best place to be. If you're not asking those questions and you think you know everything, that's scary yeah. for me. Yeah? yeah. You know? So I think uh, in that sense of, I think the fact that you, you're not giving up. And I think the fact that you're troubleshooting yeah. says that you're going to be okay. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the, yeah. the, the, person who gives up, that's the person where I'm like, okay, I don't think they got it. They're, they're, they're bowing out early for no yeah. reason. Right. They're just not showing up. Oh, here, so I like this. This is like my therapist session. I'm going to keep talking. I like this. You know, so I think the person who shows up every day, who's willing yeah. to look at a problem and troubleshoot, and really says, hey, I don't know the answer, I don't have the answers. It was willing to answer and say, hey, please help me. You, you're there, you know? And, I got and, it. And that's well, you it.
1: say I've got it, then I must have it. You, must, you got it.
0: <laughs> Sean, I'm going to take this in a slightly more cynical, self-serving way. <laughs> Please do. for a second no, because you know I'm sure I'm not saying I'm thinking this. I'm saying I'm imagining somebody might be thinking of the, the, this and listening to this and maybe they're having a stressed out day and they're like, I mean, what what's what, what am I the p- potential mentor? What am I going to get out of mentoring right? And I like Sean, to hear you tell your story and hear you so far in this podcast and just knowing you, I feel like you have like you want to I don't know if it's give back, you want to pass it along. you mm-hmm. want to help people. But what do you think are the positive benefits aside? Like, what are some other positive benefits for folks who are thinking, should I be a mentor? Because it's a time commitment. It's a life commitment. It's, it's a, a thing, time. you know? Mm, yeah. Um, but we we think it's good. But I mean, beyond just, yeah, you should do it. It's good. What are some other reasons why people might want to be a mentor?
2: <sighs> yeah. outside it's just, This is very hard, right? So outside yeah. of like, what is a personal benefit of this? um
0: i know it's so cynical i'm so sorry
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but no like this is the, why, it's, you do it's it's why did you even bother
2: for my drive i can only really speak to my drive and the reason why i do it The the place where i was before getting this sort of assistance and i feel like i feel like in this day and age we've we've been kind of left out to dry in a variety of different areas of our lives right in, particularly in america like there's a lot of folks out there with student loan debt right that hasn't mm. really been a answered for there's a lot of things where we try and go for the job and we think oh this job is going to be what it is and it's not and we are often ran and i've often ran into situations again where like this the some organization or some person is like hey we're going to give this thing to you or it's going to be like this and it's just not right Mm -hmm. and so and it burns you in so many ways that, yeah, you eventually like thinking like no one's out to help me, no one's out to be this. So um, for me personally, it's just to give that experience that someone's always gonna be there for you. There's, um, and Dave, you're absolutely probably right. There's no reward for this in a sense. It's like, it's for me, it's like the reward is, is like, I'm just happy to see other people happy. And I'm happy to see people in a better situation than where they were. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy that I could assist. But that's me. I understand that other folks, <laughs> they're like, yo, that's not enough, fam. I need money. You know what I'm say I need some sort of compensation or it could be like this, that, and the other. Me, I don't care. It's like I'll help for free most of the time. I mean, of course, I was getting paid for launch code. And I was like, yeah, hey, it's a plus. But it's one of those things where even if someone approached me on the side, as long as they were a mentee who wanted to soak up the information, who wanted to do the, the all the work that they could, and they just needed some guidance here and there, I'm a huge person who just doesn't want to let you see you fall in a. in a a hole anywhere and get stuck. So, uh, but yeah, it's, the commitment is huge. The benefit is, is just, it's weird, it's sad. It's just like, it's just seeing this, it's seeing the community in a better place than where it was, right? Mm. Unfortunately, like that's that's a plus for me. Speaking particularly in St. Louis and with LaunchCode, if you think about it, they've placed close to maybe 4,000, maybe 5,000 people, right? Mm -hmm. So that takes four to 5,000 people out of service industry positions and puts them in programming positions in corporate companies somewhere in the city, right? Now that's 5,000 openings for positions that can be filled by other people who need them. Right. Yeah. And I think that's a benefit, which means now that's more people working, which means now that's an improvement on the city. Right. So it, it inadvertently helps the city, which then means now if the city is in a better place where it's able to grow and support itself, that means I've got better neighborhoods for my kids to grow up in. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm a I'm a huge proponent of like um because like I, I used to study music. It's like if you get the if if you get the note right in the measure to fit the time signature, to fit your piece, it makes the score sound so much better, right? It's so mm-hmm. it's the same thing. It's like if I can get, yeah, this one person here is like it's just one person. But if I assist them and get them to a place where everything is good, it inadvertently helps maybe three or four other people, right? And it helps the things around. It. it comes back to me somehow. And I think that's the true piece of like that's what I believe like mentor. It's gonna come back to me. Yeah. It's not, it's not it for will. free. It's gonna come back to me as some place, uh, you know, shape or form
1: yeah.
2: in the future. And 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 I think that's gonna be the real true benefit payoff. And the and the great thing about that is is like now when I go to like maybe like a, a soiree or something like that, or I go to like a meetup, it's like um it's a positive experience meeting different people and like hearing them because i share and they share and they know that i'm teaching and and stuff like that so it's like you get like minds together and you're able to build more things because of it right Mm -hmm. so i think that's the benefit is seeing
1: that happen and being a part of that um you're changing lives i mean uh, no no reason to just go around you're changing lives you're changing people's lives for the better
2: that's the win. But I mean, if you yeah. need something more tangible,
1: well, there, <laughs> no, no, there, I, think that's... I, I think there
2: are other, I mean, there
0: are other like to, that's nice. I don't know if the cynical or, or, sort of a cold oh, a calculated Dave. way. Yes. I'm playing, I'm playing the role <laughs> of cynical Dave today. No. um, If you, if you own a, if you uh, have a company that has developers on it, you on almost, once you get past a handful of devs, you've got some devs who almost certainly could use some mentorship. Now, whether you're in the position to do that or maybe you need to help facilitate that, mentorship will help your company, will help your team, right? Absolutely. If you are at all, cons- on the separate note, if you're at all concerned about or you want, you know, concerned about the incoming pipeline of like new devs into the industry, whether you want to improve, you know, if you want to see a more diverse group of of devs, if you just want to see more devs in general, the like if you want to build that up, mentorship is 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 a very crucial piece to that. Like there are, even if you personally aren't swayed by the sort of, the sort of communal, like this is great for the community. This is just great for the world. Like it could be really good for your business. It could be really good for your industry. Like it's just good.
2: <laughs> yeah. Because you like in, in even in those situations where it's internal to the company, you're, you're developing a culture that never dies. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think that's and it just and it rolls over and it actually doesn't even depend on you like the one of the cool things for an example is um, every class in launch code I was teaching, I would throw up uh, or throw out they say, hey, um, Code Till Dawn, which is a meetup in St. Louis, like, hey, Code Till Dawn starts from 7 to 12. You can come up. We can uh, work on your assignments together. We'll have a few of the classmates show up after hours and we can do that there. Uh, they do that now without me even though I started doing that as something four or five years ago and I think it's wonderful. So now every time I, even if I'm not teaching, I could show up to the code to Dom meetup and meet current launch code, like applicants working on their stuff, which is awesome. So just to be in like, to do that maybe inside of a company and develop that for your culture um, where you're doing particular certain things, like it could, you know, be something that just is baked in and you don't have to think about
0: well, all right, Sean, uh, we are uh, almost at the end of, uh, of our time here. But before we go, I wanted to ask, is there anything about mentorship that you wanted to, to touch on real quick that we didn't get a chance to talk about today? Some part of it that we didn't ask you about or something in specific you just something specific you just want people to, to have as a takeaway?
2: Um, be real about being a mentor. If you can't do it, then don't. And that's OK. And, you know, because it's going to affect uh you know the people you're you're involved with and everything like that so like if for some reason if someone says hey you know i want to link up and i want to you know do this that and the other if you just don't have the time or or if if your heart's not in it or um if something rubs you the wrong way about the individual just it's okay to say no it's okay Mm -hmm. to be like you know hey i don't have the time i'm sorry um you could point them in the right direction um and don't think just because uh you know you're a senior at a company or you're some sort of high overarching individual somewhere that you absolutely have to mentor people. If it's just not in your skill set to do it, then just don't. If you don't have the love for it, then don't. You know? So I leave with that.
1: Yeah. I like it because like kind of feels like everyone should be a mentor to pay it forward in a way. But I mm-hmm. suppose not everyone should be a mentor. Like there are people who would do would be better mentors than others. And you shouldn't feel the pressure to be one just because you are in this industry or like you said, because you are a senior. Because you've been mentored by somebody else. Like there are people who would be good at it and there are others that might not.
2: Oh, and also don't worry if you don't have a title. If you're a junior and you want to help somebody out, help somebody out. Mm. Like, you yeah. know, I th- I think we, a lot of the assistance comes from uh, folks at the same level as opposed to top down. So yeah. um, if you think you got it, just do it. And if you don't, then don't.
0: Mm. Sean, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been great. Uh, for folks who want to learn more about you, find you online, where should they go? Uh,
2: G- GitHub, Twitter, I think um, Dark Boy Wonder <laughs> at those locations. Uh, if you want, one day I'm going to ask you about the origins of that. That's <laughs> 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 oh, for sure. Yeah, Dark Boy <laughs> on Twitter, GitHub. Uh, it's a sound reference. I'll, I'll fill you in later on that one. And then i <laughs> on Instagram. Uh, I am just Sean underscore Jones on Instagram. If you want to follow me there
1: too, so.
0: All right. Sean, thank you so much. This has been great.
1: Thank you. Thank you for the therapy session. Really enjoyed it. (laughs) No problem.